Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our second episode of the Corner Stories podcast. This week, Pastor Phil sits down and chats with Josh and Lindsay Andrews. If you ask me what my one of my worst fears was, I am fearful that I'm going to be told that I can't have kids. And there was one day in the fertility um, doctor's office, she said, you know, you're probably not going to be able to have kids naturally. Um, tubes were blocked, like just, she said, if it does happen, it's going to be um, a very small percentage. But if you're planning on having kids, you might as well just go right to in vitro. This is a Corner Stories podcast. Well, we are here this morning with uh, Josh and Lindsay and their little fella, Ash, and we are excited to have you in this morning to chat, to talk uh, about some of the things God's been doing in your life over quite a span. Uh, Just take a moment and kind of introduce yourselves to the listener, uh, your family, kind of what you do, all those things. Sure. I'll take that. Yeah, well, um, Lindsay and I had had our 10th anniversary. Uh, We were together for probably... Six months <laughs> engaged, and six months before that, and and uh, we have four kids now. Uh, Aspen, our oldest, is seven. Axel is soon to be five. Indy's soon to be three, and Ash is three months. Uh, I run a hockey company called Andrews Hockey in PEI, and uh, and and we do work work elsewhere as well. You agree, perfect, Ash, and uh, yeah. So that's that would be that. Maybe Lindsay, you want to fill in the blanks there? Uh, yeah. So I'm Lindsay. Um, I mostly stay home with the kids. Um, in between, kind of spare time with being home with the kids, I do all the bookkeeping for Josh's hockey business based out of New Brunswick. Uh, so it's bookkeeping, and I do love doing that as well. And. Yeah, we have kind of a crazy household with four kids and a dog, and can't forget Wayne. Yeah, we can't forget Wayne. Not a small dog, <laughs> a, Not a small rather dog. large dog, <laughs> yeah. larger than most humans. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> who loves the snuggles? Yeah. Well, we uh, I've known you for for some time now, and had just an opportunity to watch you kind of fall in love, get engaged, marry you, baptize, all those aspects, and it's just been a joy to walk with you in that space. Yeah, Phil, I was going to say, I um, am very thankful that you were in Josh's um, (laughs) circle of friends and in his head when we were first meeting and talking about getting engaged because, yeah, you were a big voice (laughs) in our relationship. (laughs) There's moments where you sit with people and they're like, I'm thinking about marrying her, but I'm not really sure. I'm like, why wouldn't you marry her? Like, what is wrong with you? I was was a disaster. What was wrong with me? (laughs) (laughs) You were very much a disaster. Uh, but it's been fun for me, uh, as a friend of yours, as a pastor in your life, to really watch God move in your life in some profound ways as individuals, as a married couple, navigating life and company and business and all of those things. Uh, and there's a kind of a podcast around each of those things if we were really to draw it out. But the one that that I really want to kind of work through with you guys this morning is just the story that is connected to you around kind of wanting to have a family because mm-hmm. it's a it's it was a a journey it was filled with ups and downs uh can you just kind of set the table for us on kind of you, you're married you want to start a family what are some of those early things that you discover 
that make that a really challenging aspect of your life? Mm. Um, yeah, so we got married whenever we were 25. Well, I was 25, sorry, Josh was 27. And we just kind of enjoyed married life for, for a little while, um, knowing that we wanted to have kids, but wasn't like feeling pressure on that right away. So as time kind of went on and we decided that this was time to start having kids, um, they just it just wasn't happening. And I was in a lot of pain, spending a lot of time in the hospital, um, and they didn't really know why until I had a surgery done and they um, said that I had endometriosis. So from there, it was a lot of fertility doctors um, and meetings and trying to figure out, like, can we have kids? How can we have kids? And then I was always... You know, what, if you ask me what my, one of my worst fears was, like, in teenage years, it was always, I am fearful that I'm going to be told that I can't have kids. And there was one day in the fertility um, doctor's office, she said, you know, you're probably not going to be able to have kids naturally. Um, tubes were blocked. Like, just, she said, if it does happen, it's going to be um, a very small percentage. But if you're planning on having kids, you might as well just go right to in vitro. So, yeah, being, like... 26 being told this news was pretty devastating um yeah so we had a lot to think about I was just a new Christian then um so thinking about in vitro was tough for me and I I remember I sat down with you Phil a few times and to kind of discuss what that looks like um I'm someone who wants to have control and I felt like is this me trying to control having kids um I'm thankful for the science that's there, but is this me stepping into a role of trying to trying to force kids into my life when maybe it's they're not meant to be? Um, and I was very thankful for your voice there, and and you know God gave us science to be able to kind of overcome the sin that's in our bodies, and and it's okay to to use this route. And I felt freedom from that once you uh, once you kind of voiced, you know, it was okay. Josh, what was that like for you when you discover this news that we might not be able to have kids kind of early in your married life, early in that whole conversation? Well, we, we always, we t- talked about having a big family. We always did. And that was a, well, obviously it was very upsetting news to find that out. I mean, I, I, I was always of the mind, I guess, too, that, you know, one way or another, we would do it. Yeah, whether it was fostering, whether it was adopting, whether it was doing something, we we would have we we would have a family, and um, it was it was re- I know how difficult it was on Lindsay, and and that was that made it a lot more difficult on me, mm. um, but it uh, <clears throat> I mean once once we kind of talked through the different processes, I mean we went through every route of outside in vitro before that, and you know unsuccessfully. And once we did, I mean, like, once we kind of found out that, you know, this was possible and all this stuff, I mean, it's pretty amazing. It's, it's pretty, it's, 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 it's a, it's a miracle that, that we can, that that is possible and that the doctors, you know, God's gifted you know, these people to figure this out, to be able to, you know, make these babies, you know, despite the sin in our bodies and despite, you know, how, how broken we and the world there are mm. um yeah just for the listener at home when they use that phrase sin in our bodies we as people of faith understand that we are born into a world where the curse is very much alive and well 
and that has an impact on our physical body, the way God has designed it to function. And God, through his grace and gifting of people, uh, are able to figure out how can we go around that physical limitation and allow the body to do what it's kind of designed to do. And I know I learned a lot about that process just kind of watching you guys go through that. What were some of the, the early, like, I can't believe this is even a possibility. Like mm-hmm. those early kind of discoveries for you both as you entered into that, that mm-hmm. you were like, I can't even, like, how does it even work? Yeah, it was, um, it's something that I've just always, you know, read in books. Like I didn't think that it was actually something possible to do and especially available to us um, in the Maritimes. So, yeah, just kind of learning what it was all about and um, the steps involved. It was quite hard. Like, I ended up um, having to leave my job and solely focus on this. It was appointments all the time, giving yourself medication. It was very expensive. Um, And it's like months of process and then waiting and you're never you know you're told it's only percentage that it will work um and whether it works or not you still have to pay for it and at the end if it doesn't work then you're back to square one again so it you know it took a lot of um just trusting that this is the right road that we're supposed to go on and as Josh said I knew I was going to be a mom I didn't know how I obviously wanted to have my own biological children um but if that didn't happen then that was okay like we were we were open to adoption we were open to fostering um and I think because we were open to those avenues as well um it made the in vitro process not as heavy as it could have been, I guess. Well, I was just going to add in there, I mean, yeah, it was, like, I, I didn't know, you know, when, when I found out the process. I mean, I, the biggest part that I didn't know was how, how difficult it was going to be on Lindsay uh, leading up to the actual pregnancy mm. um, with the you know, side effects of medications that she's taking and this and that and everything else and the needles and all that stuff. That was... Yeah, even that was was t- very taxing on Lindsay, and that, yeah, I, it was unexpected for sure. But mm-hmm. but you know, at the end of the day, it's uh, I'm you know grateful and that you know Lindsay was willing to go through all that that whole process, and and that you know I've, I try to support her as much as possible through that. But it was uh, yeah, it was more th- more than expected for sure. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to um, you now are pregnant mm-hmm. and you come to that place of, of delivery mm-hmm. and this kind of like longing for your own children uh, that's finally realized after what has been a very laborious, very challenging, very uh, kind of walk us through mm-hmm. that, that moment Mm -hmm. when your oldest kind of enters the world. Yeah, yeah, so Aspen came um, July 4th of 2014, and she was a tiny little thing. She was five, six when she was born. She was crying all the time. She wasn't eating. We had to have uh, a nose tube into feed her, or feeding tube, sorry, and um, stayed at the hospital longer than normal, and yeah, but to just to see this little tiny thing that we didn't know we didn't know would be possible or not, and 
kind of like back backstepping a little bit. So when we got, we put two embryos back when we were um, doing in vitro with Aspen. And both of them did take. So I did have two babies for a short period of time and then lost one at, eight, at like six to eight weeks. Um, and then so having that like, you know, little loss, still, still thankful that we had Aspen, but also brought a lot of fear that, you know, this is, this is not going to work. Like it's one step for the to be pregnant, but then to hold on to that pregnancy is a whole nother mm. thing. So, so yeah, so we were really thankful when Aspen was born. Um, and yeah, she's seven now and she's just the sweetest, sweetest little thing. So with all that kind of uncertainty, talk to me about kind of your heart of Thanksgiving after Aspen kind of comes into the world. Mm-hmm. Like kind of where are you in that space as you think of your own heart and the Lord and all those things? Yeah, I, I feel like I learned a lot about myself going through um, that first in vitro process of, you know, I have no control over my body. I have no control over what happens in this world and it's all in God's hands. And it, you know, I learned a tough lesson of I just need to let it go and trust in him. When Aspen is now living in your arms, the struggle to get pregnant, going through all of that, and now that sense of this this blessing is now here. Yeah. Yes, the blessing, Aspen arrived, and we were so excited. But it also showed something to me of um, having children isn't easy. And <laughs> having a child isn't, you know, and a newborn stage isn't easy. And I feel like I idolized that before I had kids. It was the one thing I was like, I need children in my life to have a complete life. And yes, Aspen is such a blessing and being able to go to in vitro and have, you know, a child through that. But it also taught me that children, they're amazing, but they're not going to fill that gap that we have that we're longing for. Like only God can fill that. So having Aspen delivered was a miracle, but also having that heart change and understanding, like she's not going to fulfill this need. Mm. It's, it's, it's hard being a parent. And children often reveal in us deeper issues in our own life, in mm-hmm. our own heart of selfishness and anger and Mm -hmm. short tempers and kind of all those things. Um, Josh, for you, kind of dad, Aspen is here. Uh, Where are you at in your own kind of heart before the Lord as you are now holding your daughter in your arms? She was, she was and is so incredibly special. Um, I I was blessed to be able to have a flexible schedule at that point in time and, and, and spend time with with her and I, I still remember I mean, her you know sleeping on me you know for many many early mornings and 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 you know what a great you know relationship and bond that that she and I have I guess to to kind of piggyback off of what Lindsay mentioned you know find the people closest to us you know, often highlight a lot of, you know, of our flaws and the sin in our life. And, and you know, you, you think you were selfish. Your selfishness gets highlighted when you get married. And then and then another level when when you have kids. Um, and, you know, certainly frames a lot of things uh, in your, you know, priorities and come into perspective a lot more. And, and you know, with family and God and, jo- and your work and all that and, 
Yeah, I mean, I I I learned a lot, and it was it was just uh, you know, I was just so thankful that 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 miracle was possible. Mm. I tell me if I have these details wrong, but I think uh, it's your third where you are going to go down to Halifax to go mm-hmm. through the process again for the third time. And I think you're like driving through northern New Brunswick on one of a hockey camp excursion <laughs> thing. And you call me late one night to say, you're not going to believe this. Lindsay is pregnant without any help mm-hmm. from medications and doctors and da da da. Is that do I have those details kind of right? Yeah, yeah. So after after we had Aspen and we we're kind of talking about having more kids, um, we met with the fertility doctor again, and they basically said um, endometriosis comes back and there's no cure for it, and it just kind of keeps wreaking havoc in your body. So they said if we want to have more kids, we need to have them very close together. Um, probably keep having to do in vitro process and then we'll kind of figure out a solution basically once we're done having kids. So once Aspen was six months, we kind of felt the pressure of, okay, what, like we need to do in vitro again, what's the next steps? So we went over to Halifax and we did do a frozen embryo. Uh, we had one left after Aspen's and it did it when Aspen was six months and two weeks after they called me and said it didn't take. So then we were done. We had, we had nothing else left um, left over from Aspen's kind of initial in vitro. So I'm like, okay, we're going to have to start all over again. So that's kind of how Axel came along. Uh, it was a whole fresh in vitro cycle. Um, so again, it was, and that was, and that was longer because, because at that point in time, uh, Dr. Brody wasn't in PEI anymore. Yeah. So Lindsay spent I had to move over to Halifax. Halifax. Yeah. Mm. I had to move over to Halifax and do all the testing over there. So that was, you know, hired Josh was home with our eight month old Aspen. Um, I was in Halifax trying to get pregnant again, and and yeah, but thankfully, Axel came out of that, um, which you know she's just a wonderful, mm-hmm. silly little girl. And then, yeah, life just kind of continued on, and I still had that in the back of my head, like if you want to have your family, then you need to have them quick. So we had two embryos left over from Axel's um, transfer, and we were discussing going over so to Halifax to start the process of those uh, frozen embryos to get pregnant with baby number three. It was two days before our scheduled appointment of going over to Halifax, and they always tell me to take a pregnancy test before I go, so I took one, and it was positive. I was just like, what? <laughs> like, what is this? Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, like, when they tell you that it's not going to, you know, chances are it's never going to happen. And then it does. I mean, what a what a gift and what a you know that was. Uh... The funny thing was, um, once we had Axel, I was like, okay, this in vitro thing. We want to go on a trip in October, so we're gonna plan to you know get pregnant this exact day. So my controlling issues were coming out again. <laughs> I had everything. I had everything figured out, and then. Before we were going, it's like, no, you're pregnant naturally. And it was just like God showing me, like, you think you're going to control this, but you're not. And here you go. Here is a baby. <laughs> and they told me it was like 1% chance that I could get pregnant naturally. And and so she came. I'm like, wow, all my plans are at the window. Obviously, I, again, can't sit and kind of pencil in my life every single day. So that was a huge learning experience as well. So in the space of kind of that control and driving our lives, uh, you're pregnant with your fourth. Mm-hmm. 
there are moments in my life that are challenging as a pastor. That would have been one of the very real difficult moments in my life uh, to walk with you through that as a family. Walk us through some of that story for those who don't who don't know it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Andy came along, and she's our third girl. And then, yeah, we were just kind of continuing on. We still kind of had an embryo for frozen over in Halifax. It's lingering of what we're going to do with. Um, and then randomly, I'm pregnant again. And, yeah, it was another natural pregnancy. Um, and it was a huge surprise. And so, it, and I know it's funny to say it's a huge surprise, because we all know how we get pregnant, but it's like, <laughs> I was told I can't get pregnant, and I thought Indy was a fluke, so it was a huge surprise, another one. Anyway, so this pregnancy is going on. I am so sick with this, like, nauseous, and this is the first pregnancy that I'm feeling those symptoms so strongly. Um, I felt this baby kick, like, so early, and it just felt like a strong, you know, pregnancy. Anyways, and then I go in um, to get the blood work done, for, you know, the screening and everything. And I've always got called back saying that I need to go to Halifax and stuff. So again, I was expecting a call saying, you know, blood work was flagged, you need to go to Halifax, which is what happened. So um, this was in the middle of COVID. So we got shut down in March of 2020. And I got the call in um, May of 2020. So we were, you know, pretty shut down. So then Josh and I make the trip over to Halifax um, for the, you know, first screening ultrasound. And I was about 17 weeks pregnant at this time. And it was at a point that Josh couldn't even come into the hospital. He had to drop me off at the front door. I had to go in, um, go into the ultrasound. And as soon as she put the ultrasound machine on my stomach, I just knew something was wrong. And... She just kind of looks at it and then takes it off and asks me some questions and then puts it back on again. And I just like had this like dropping pit in my stomach. So she, she um, asked me if I know it, like what some terminologies are, like trisomy 18 and, and this other huge word that I had no idea what it was. And, and she kind of talked me through a few of those things and then kind of, but keeps on doing, doing her scan and then she takes it off and, and uh, she says, you know, I have some bad news. Um, we thought you coming in, you know, the blood work flagged one thing, but it's actually a lot worse um, than that. And she told me the name of it, and I can't pronounce it, but it's basically our baby was um, formed without a skull. So she, uh, and it was a little baby girl, a fourth girl. <laughs> And, um, yeah, so her brain was kind of out, and she had no brain activity. Um, but she was alive. Like, I could feel her kicking, moving. My, it was like my body was her kind of life support. So she said there is no chance of survival. Um, usually these babies will kind of terminate um, before delivery, but they can also be carried to full term and then just, you know, not survive delivery. Um, so I had to bear all this by myself while Josh was in the car. Um, I had to call him and tell him the news. I had to fight with them to let him to come in so I can, you know, process this information with him. Um, so he was finally allowed in, and 
yeah, it was, it was pretty hard. They were, you know, really pushing us to, um, kind of abort the pregnancy right then and there, which is a lot. I had to call, you know, some really close friends and talk through that with them. And we decided to hop back in the car and come home with her still in my stomach and uh, process this further to see kind of what this looks like um, from here on out. I know that this gets into the real personal aspects of life and your faith in God and all of those things. Um, kind of walk us through some of those those conversations about about what to do. I, I I know you guys in the sense of you are for life, you are for all of these things, mm-hmm. and now you're in a space of I can't believe we're here making mm-hmm. these decisions that fundamentally would be in opposition to where your hearts are. Yeah. Kind of walk us through just that struggle for you in this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the biggest struggle was to know what to do. Um, like, I was, I felt, you know, this little girl alive in my belly. And she was turning, and she was the one that made me, like, so nauseous in the morning and felt her first kick. So it was just very alive and personal. Um but I also heard this, like the doctors tell me that I can't deliver this baby in, in Charlottetown. I, if I go into labor early, I need to be rushed to Halifax and deliver there um, in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of, you know, not being able to really have support. And this, as, as the baby grew, you know, more and more, it's higher risk to deliver as well. I have three babies at home that I need to be able to look after. Like, you know, there's a lot to process, but in the end, we just wanted to honor God in this. And if honoring God was to carry this baby to full term, we would have done that. Um, but, you know, after talking to, you know, our, our close, like you and Amy and Courtney and Graham and, you know, Andrea and Garth and just everyone kind of said the same thing and of you can honor God and honor this baby's life in other ways, like is it was 100% chance that the, that she was not going to survive delivery. If there was a chance that she could survive and I could give her a few breaths, maybe that would be different or if it was like 95% chance that she has or she has like a small percent chance that she would live, like that would have been different, but there there was nothing. Um so we after wrestling with this for a few weeks, uh feeling a lot of grief over it, having a ton of conversations and tears on people's couches. (laughs) Um, We made the decision to go back over to Halifax and kind of induce labor for this little one. I remember remember gathering out in Long Creek uh, by the church there and going through the, the burial celebration service for, for your family, for Tate, for, uh, all of that. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about this today was this, we can't get pregnant. We've had three and all of the ups and downs of that. And this is like the lowest valley that parents could ever go through. Talk to me about kind of your faith in God in that lowest Mm-hmm. valley mm-hmm. that you could possibly fathom yeah after we um so I delivered a little Tate um <laughs> June 29th at 10 30 at night and 
I was just, it, it was closure for me. Like, I remember before we induce labor, usually it's the nurses that do everything. And I called the nurse. I was like, I need that doctor to come back in here before I start this process. And reaffirm to me that there is no percentage. Like, I need, I need to know this, that again. So she came in and she talked me through everything. She's a wonderful doctor that's actually from PEI. And, um, so anyways, they induced, we delivered, um, and we, this precious little girl who had like long legs, long fingers, we held her for hours. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was, it was so hard, but I felt so much peace too. I could see that she wasn't going to survive. And I was just so thankful that she was far enough along in um, development that we could hold her. And um, she had a little hat on. Like, she was just the cutest little thing. And uh, during that process, I had so much, like, medicine in me. But I just remember feeling this deep need of needing to be prayed over. And anyone who knows me, it's I don't ask for prayer requests that often. But there was specific people. It was you and Amy. Graham and Courtney and Andrew and Garth. And it was like nine o'clock and I am like, Josh, you need to call these people and I need to hear their voice. I need to hear them pray. And I can't remember what you guys said, but each one of you took time and Josh held the phone up to my ear and I was in so much pain. And just hearing you guys pray over me at this time, I, I, I couldn't do it on my own, but having that community of people that we've been kind of investing in these relationships for so long, to step in and be able to do that for me, like, that is what carried me through. And I knew I couldn't get, I didn't have the headspace to get into my Bible. Um, but I had people around me that I trusted, that I knew were praying for me, and could be my voice and could be God's voice to me. And that that really strengthened my faith in my community and just trusting and knowing that God had me through these people. And I felt so much peace. Um, through that. Josh, for you, um, just kind of share your own kind of where is God in the middle of this pit, this dark valley? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, where Lindsay had... I think it was it was a little bit different for us. It was. Lindsay had it was almost relief and peace that it finished and that Tate was delivered. It was the opposite for me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I had a lot of closure in that delivery. Um because I felt the life for so long and then delivered and seen. But that's when it all started for him. He didn't get to feel yeah. her life. Um, like I did. So that's when it all began for Josh. So it was an interesting of me getting closure, but it, but it all opening for him. I, uh, <laughs> I'd say one of the hardest things for me was <laughs> giving her away. Yeah, I, it was, 
it was really tough. Well, I spent a lot of time with her after, and a lot hours, I guess. But I didn't want to call the nurses back. You know, I I understood, but I didn't. You know, I understood that. You know, it was in the world, and that all this happened. But for me, like. <laughs> I I had to know that I didn't have to. And I just had to give that up. Trying to understand it better and trying to think it through and just give that up and be thankful that God does. That God does understand it. And I just need to put everything into that, all my eggs into that basket. Um, I was incredibly thankful that, you know, and still am, you know, who, that God surrounded us with, you know, we have a big family, but <laughs> an even bigger family through our church, um, and that you were all able to speak into our lives and to pray over us and to, you know, be God's voice into our lives at that point in time. I, 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 you know, I leaned heavily on, you know, those verses like, you know, Proverbs where they talk, where he talks about, you know, we don't, you know, lean not on your own understanding because, you know, we we don't, can't understand God's big picture and, you know, we'll, you know, maybe someday, mm -hmm. but um, that's, I struggled significantly after that. Um, with it all and, and yeah. One of the things that I have loved about being involved in your life for such a long time is seeing how God has formed your lives. And you have, like most people, have had incredible moments of celebration and incredible moments of darkness and struggle, which that is very much the, the human condition. Like we are in this world and it's filled with struggle and God is present in your life through all of that. Um, Ash is here asleep on your chest as we are doing this. So Ash is after uh, Tate, and I know that even in that was a surprise mm -hmm. and, and processing <laughs> your own emotions <laughs> with a new pregnancy after all of those mm -hmm. things. Uh, but I wanna end with you guys just talking about kind of God's goodness and faithfulness in your life and that's true whether it's way up here with the great moments or it's way down here in those moments that we've talked about. Mm -hmm. I feel that, like, similar to, I guess, what I was talking about before. I mean, I, I, I'm just incredible, incredibly thankful that we've been blessed with people in our life. And, and, and I don't know where we would be, you know, without God and, and the people that God's put in our life. Um, almost can't believe it that 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 it's it's how blessed we have been in so many ways that you know we have four beautiful kids that are all healthy and 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 that we have you know the community that we do um you know this this little fellow was was uh, <laughs> surprised in many ways um and what a 
incredible blessing. And I mean, it's, it, he's been yeah, three months in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I was still grieving, um, Tate and everything and then find out I'm pregnant again. And with this, with, when I found out I was pregnant with Ash, uh, there was just so much peace in that. And, which is crazy to say, I just delivered a baby that, you know, had so many deformities and I felt like I'd be fearful, but I wasn't. God really protected my heart, um, in this pregnancy with Ash. And I'm really thankful for that. I don't, it's interesting. I was reading an article the other day about a celebrity who lost a baby pretty much the exact same time that I did. We were both like 23, 24 weeks along and she's speaking about this and how she's devastated and can't move past it. And and I'm like, this is God. Like, this is God in my life. Like, I am okay. I know, I know that I will see her again. And I know that she's going to be a perfectly healthy little girl when I see her again. And I have so much peace in that. And I am okay. Like, there was never one ounce of me angry. Um, I grieved it. And just have hope and know that this life is not our only life. Like we have eternity and, and I'm just so thankful to be able to have eternity. And because I know that truth and because of all the, you know, Bible studies and spending time learning about God, all that time prepared me for this moment. I had the truth and I knew that foundation. And because of that, I, you know, I was able to, continue on and be okay and I still think about her and it's you know I'm still sad that I I don't get to see her grow up with her other three girls I was so happy to have a fourth girl <laughs> um it's okay buddy <laughs> no, <laughs> I love her little boy too but I'm glad you're sleeping right now <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's just it's just so amazing I don't know how you can go through these things without God mm. and I know I have so many questions of why, but I don't need to know why. Um, and I feel like when I focus on why too much, I, that's when all the anger and bitterness can come up. But So I just, I don't know why she developed without a skull. And I'm okay not knowing that. I just know that she is great right now. And that gives me a lot of peace and hope. And yeah. Well, I want to thank you guys for coming in today. I know that this... This part of your story is a significant one, and it blesses all kinds of people who are in that space and sometimes think that they're alone and that no one really understands. And, and I know that you guys really do understand that space well as you've walked through all the struggles of, of getting pregnant and being pregnant and surprise pregnancies <laughs> and uh, losing life. Uh, and yet God's faithfulness has just been evident in your life through all of that. Uh, I, I love how you... Um, are, are helping form a community of people in a significant way through the ladies' ministry here at the church and Josh, our involvement in kids' programming and men' ministry has just been been remarkable. And I want to thank you for today. Thank you for your life. Thank you for the ability to do this, um, not just today, but but each day. Uh, incredibly valuable to God and valuable to communities of faith. And, and we just are so grateful for who you are and how God continues to use you in mighty, mighty ways. Thanks, guys. Thank, thank you. you. In our next episode, Pastor Gordon Dickinson from our Stratford site sits down and
has a conversation with Deborah Montgomery. It was that moment where I just prayed that God would open my eyes. And then I think I had mentioned that nothing happened. <laughs> I was going to say, so, so you prayed that and God answered it right away. Yeah, no. and your life totally changed and then you were baptized the well, next Well, it, it was bizarre because I prayed it and it wasn't, it wasn't like I, I prayed it and it was, um, it was, it, it's almost like I prayed it and then nothing happened and I was okay with that. I didn't really question it. I was like, I don't know why I'm doing this, but whatever, I'm going to pray and you know, whatever happens, happens. And then nothing happened. So yeah, For, I mean, it did eventually, but <laughs> it took a little bit of time to get there. Let this message about Christ and all his richness fill our lives. See you next time.